0: Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderveld, your host today. Today I'm going to be speaking with Dr Kate Jacobs. Kate is an educational and developmental psychologist. In 2013, she was awarded the Molly Holman Doctoral Medal for the Best PhD Thesis, for the year in the education faculty at Monash University. In addition to working as a university lecturer and researcher, Kate is the founder, director and principal psychologist at Raise the Bar Psychology, based in Moorabbin. Raise the Bar Psychology provides comprehensive psycho-educational assessments for students who may be experiencing learning difficulties, with the goal being to provide individualised and targeted support to enable the student to reach their academic potential. Kate has travelled extensively around Australia, presenting professional development workshops to parents, teachers, psychologists, and other allied health professionals in identifying and supporting students with learning difficulties. And it's our great pleasure to welcome Kate today. Welcome, Kate.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Kate, um, what are is- the individual learning what are individual learning plans? I mean we hear a lot about IEPs and, and I think schools call them all sorts of different names. but if we refer to them as individual learning plans for our discussion today, mm-hmm. so what are they and the different types of adjustments that can be made for students with learning uh, learning support needs?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, individual learning plans or ILPs, they go do go by many different names. So um, just to name a few, there's certainly individual education plans, IEPs or um, personalised learning plans might be another term, um, but we'll, we'll use the term ILP going forward for this conversation. Um, but really what they are is, is a plan um, about how um, a student who has um, individual learning needs is going to be supported. Um, and that is, how they're going to be supported at school, in the classroom, in the playground potentially as well. Um, And also it it can involve how they can be supported at home or or outside of school as well. So it really is... um, a documentation and a a way for getting the conversation started, I guess, as well, between um, schools and parents and students um, about what are the individual learning needs of this student and how um, can those best be catered for, um, potentially both inside of school and and outside of school as well. So it really is about documenting um, what are the students' strengths and challenges, um, how uh, particular challenges, most commonly going to be targeted in in terms of the particular type of programs that are going to be used. So, for example, for students who are... um, experiencing trouble in learning to read and spell, you know, it's it's very important that individual learning plans are very specific in terms of the particular program. So they might name a particular program such as toe-by-toe, be specific in who is responsible for implementing that program. So it might be um, a, a, um, a special education teacher at the school, you know, how often that program will be provided, you know, three times a week for 20 minutes, um, and how the student's progress is going to be assessed and monitored. Um, And certainly it's also about, the other important part of it is about um, outlining very clear and specific goals for the student. So um, how much um what are their reading goals how you know what um is it expected that they will achieve by this time um and how will that be assessed so again it can be very specific in terms of the particular assessment measure that is going to be used Um, to, to um, determine progress towards the goals. Um, I guess the other important part to um, know about individual learning plans is that they are, it's always should be viewed as a working document. Um, It's never set in stone. So it is something that is supposed to be Um, revisited quite regularly and really at a minimum you'd be wanting to revisit it once a term. So really at the start of every term and then reviewing it at the end of every term or the start of the next term and then revising it. Um, So it is supposed to you know grow and adapt and change as the students um, themselves grow and adapt and change and their needs change along with that.
0: So who would be involved in that um, in that meeting Mm. Right. So
1: really, yes, it's, it's a collaborative process. So you would really often the way individual learning plans come about um, is through a student support group meeting or SSP, they're often called. So usually that would involve the classroom teacher. Um, usually as well within the school, there's um, someone who's the wellbeing officer um, who is just generally in charge of overseeing um, the the wellbeing of students with individual learning needs. Um, often in a lot of schools, that's the assistant principal, but sometimes it might be someone else. Um, and certainly the parents should be involved as well. And the student themselves, if, if they're old enough and, and, you know, if the parents feels that... Um, they're, they're emotionally um, ready to be involved in that process. But certainly the older the student, the, the more you would like them to be involved in wealth as well. Um, so yes, it's and then also as well, there might be other um, specialist school-based staff who might attend as well, such as a school psychologist or a speech pathologist or um, the um, special education teacher um, and also outside professionals as well. So if there's a private psychologist involved with the student, for example, or an educational psychologist conducted the assessment privately, they can certainly um, be invited to attend these meetings. And it's really about um, having a a broad range of um, knowledge and experience in the room so everyone can work together to produce the best possible plan for this student because everyone brings their own experience and expertise and certainly the parents are bringing their expertise about their child because no one knows their child better than, than their parents.
0: That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, it's interesting, I mean, I've always been a real advocate of having uh, the students involved in these meetings uh, mm-hmm. right from the start anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, at what stage would you see students contributing to what their goals might be?
1: Mm. Uh, well certainly goal setting is something that happens in classrooms at, at every year level. Um, you know, even even preps can certainly set goals for themselves. Um often you'll see in, in um in school reports, in the semester school reports there'll be a section um, where the student has identified what their learning goals are for for the um following semester. So certainly, yeah, absolutely, really at any stage um the the student, yeah, should can be asked about what they would like to achieve, what's important to them to focus on um, right now.
0: Fantastic. Um, so, I mean, look, I suppose getting um, um, an ILP set up, you know, can be a bit of a, uh, a mixed experience, I suppose, depending on the school um, yeah. and also the, the level of knowledge around, um, around need and the students. But are schools obliged to set these up? And, and what would be the trigger to get something like this started mm. for a student? Mm.
1: So certainly, I guess there's probably two main pathways that... could, could set you down the path of having an ILP set up for a student. So one way is it can certainly be triggered by the school. Um, so, school and certainly schools do vary, but certainly, um, you know, some schools have um, regular screening and assessment that they do of their students. Um, for example, their literacy and numeracy skills, and based on that, that might um, flag students that they're concerned about, and that would start the process of, um, you know, talking to the parents and saying, you know, this is what we're concerned about these, you know, I'd like them to be involved in this program at school, or is there, you know, a program outside of school, um, that, you know, you could, um, take them along to, um, and certainly from that, you know, from that initial discussion between the, the teacher and the parent, um, the teacher may then, um, suggest that, um, that an assessment is conducted by, you know, school support staff such as the school psychologist or the speech pathologist or sometimes um, if unfortunately, you know, the resources are not there for that kind of thing to be done inside a school, then then often schools um, will recommend... local, you know, um, services outside of the school that they can go to. And so that can certainly be the starting point. Um, but also as well, parents can um, raise it initially them, themselves. And so usually the first step, if, if a parent is concerned um, about their child's learning um, or um And and I guess the other thing to know as well is individual learning plans are not just for academic learning, such as literacy and numeracy. Individual learning plans can also have goals targeting social skills and um, emotional um, regulation and and behavioral skills as well. Um, But certainly a parent can can start that conversation with their teacher, raise their concerns um, and ask questions about, you know, what, what, what supports are being provided currently and is there potential for additional supports? Um, And so it can certainly go that way as well. Sure.
0: Um, So I think too, you know, I think parents might, or there might be not just parents, but there might be the perception that, you know, some of these, um, that an individual learning plan would have to be in place right at the very beginning of school. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, but, but due to the nature of development and, and growth, these really could be necessary at any point in time, um, oh. sometimes phased in for a short period. Mm-hmm. just to get over a particular hurdle or mm-hmm. maybe something more long-term. So, mm-hmm. what would be, um, so what would be some examples of, say, some short-term um, learning plans that might be put in place then compared with, say, something that might take longer and, and be more of a long-term support program?
1: Yeah, so certainly... Um Individual learning plans can have both short-term and long-term goals, um, and certainly short-term goals are certainly a very important part of it because you want to yeah you want to make sure that the, the that um, what you're heading towards is achievable within a, say the time frame um, of when it's going to be reviewed. So say one term. Um, so certainly it could be a very specific. Um, around, if we say around reading, that the student will be able to um, identify with 90% accuracy um, a list of um, CVC words um, when when reading. Or it may be in maths that the student will be able to, with 90 or 80% accuracy, um complete um, a set of um, addition and subtraction sums. Um, But it could also be, if we're thinking more behavioural, um, so, for example, students who might be um, experiencing some attention difficulties, certainly a goal could be that they will be um, on task you know, 80% of the time during um, a, a one hour class or something like that. And so then within that plan, you would need to specify exactly what are the programs being put in place to target that skill and, how, and what are the measures that are going to be used to, to determine whether progress towards that goal has been made or if that, that goal has actually been attained. And therefore in the revised individual learning plan, a new goal might need to be put in place.
0: Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate, parents are often at a loss as to where they fit into this picture when it comes to an ILP. Mm-hmm. So what advice can you give parents about what is a reasonable expectation and, and what they can be asked to contribute to mm-hmm. um, to make this process happen?
1: So certainly parents should be involved in the ILP process. So I have said it should be a collaborative process between parents, schools and any other relevant professionals who um, either might be working inside the school or working from, from outside the school. But certainly as well, because an ILP, while um, an important part of it is about setting goals um, and strategies to achieve those goals within the school setting, ILPs can also include goals um, that will be um, targeted at home. So often ILPs can be a way for, for parents to crystallise to, to make sure themselves what it is they can be doing um, at home to support their um, their child's progress in, in the identified area of need. Um, I guess the other thing to bring up as well is that, you know, ILPs are not only necessarily for students who, um, are finding it difficult to keep up with the curriculum, who, you know, have a learning difficulty, but also can be for students at the other end of the spectrum where, you know, they're very bright, they're very advanced. Um, and so an ILP can be around, um, targeting goals to make, making goals to make sure that that student um, is being appropriately extended um, and, the, and that the curriculum and the learning is appropriately engaging for them so they can continue to, to develop.
0: Um, That's a really good point. I think often um, we, we think of these, and you're absolutely right, these ILPs are often seen as just the domain of students who are who've got some challenges mm-hmm. um in their learning but uh, certainly the the other end of the scale with the gifted and talented students i mean we, we don't do enough for them in terms of documenting what needs mm-hmm. to happen for them to extend them i think thing two there is that and i'd be really interested in your point of view about it this as well is that a lot of these students find uh that uh they're um uh i think i've just have um, their emotional needs, mm-hmm. uh, 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 they, they find that really difficult mm-hmm. um, and that's often not catered for. Mm-hmm. got some comments around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and so that's um, like I kind of said before that you know by the name individual learning plan you'd think that they were only for focusing on academics so you know progress in literacy and numeracy and, and other subjects, um, but absolutely they can include emotional and, and behavioral goals as well, and certainly for a student with a learning difficulty, you know often that um, you know they, that um, it is not uncommon for those students to also have, for example, anxiety, um, and also as students at the other end of the spectrum like we're. Saying, who are very bright, um, they they can sometimes be experiencing emotional difficulties as well or social difficulties. So absolutely, it really is about um, and so by by bringing up the example of um, you know having a learning plan for a student who needs extension um, because you know they're finding their year level curriculum too easy um, and you know within the one learning plan can be strategies for extending them in certain areas, as well as supporting them in areas that they're finding challenging. And we certainly can see students who may be excelling at mathematics, um, but struggling with literacy. So, um, you know, every student is unique and that's why it's an individual learning plan. It's about understanding that, um, it, it helps to create a common understanding between school and parents and the students about what Who is this child and what are their needs in terms of um, um, where they can be, um, their strengths and and their challenges as well.
0: Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review we would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sydney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.